0: Hello, and welcome to our next podcast episode of our Bottom Line Views About News. I'm Eddie. And I'm Matthew. And today on our podcast episode, we're going to talk about the third Krisha-Freeland budget that's released for Canadians. Then, Trump is finally indicted. And we also have a Republican governor who accidentally announced he's running for president. All that... On today's podcast episode, let's begin. So this week, Trisha Freeland, who's the Minister of Finance and the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. She's also been in every single
1: big government role at some point.
0: Yeah. Um, she released her third budget, and uh, basically, uh, it was a shocker for a lot of people.
1: Why do you think that was a shocking moment? Well, there was a lot an- announced. From the grocery uh, rebate, which is just an expansion of GST credit, to the uh, massive deficit, to the, uh, to the expansion of our healthcare system. Mm. There was a lot in this budget.
0: Right. A, a lot. Of, it's not even an understatement, right? Yeah. So number one thing that I thought, well, wait a minute. Prisheer Freeland isn't really the author of this. It's rather President Biden right. as well as Jagmeet Singh. Because the federal liberals do not want another election, and they really had to accommodate
1: Jagmeet Singh. But does that actually help the NDP? We'll talk about that in a bit. Well, they had to accommodate them to a certain extent because some of these things have been technically things the liberals have campaigned on for thirty years. Yeah, right. Uh, dental care. It was in the uh, nineteen ninety two election, not 19- nineteen ninety three election. Um. Okay. So. Freeland had
0: teased this budget to be one of fiscal restraint. Do you believe that's the case with this version?
1: Only if you compare it to the COVID budgets. So I'm assuming that's a no. No, it's it's less <laughs> it's less expensive than the COVID budgets in the previous couple of years' budgets. Okay, but it's more expensive than than the normal budgets in Canadian politics.
0: Okay, so it's heavily uh, influenced definitely by Jagmeet Singh and President Biden, especially because of uh, Joe Biden's uh, Inflation Reduction Act that was passed in Congress. Yes, the IRA, not be confused with Irish terrorists. Yep, you always mention it. <laughs> um, but let's go back to the dental plan for a second. So the branding regarding the dental plan. So first of all, let's look at numbers. Uh, The expected spending is $13.13 billion, and it's $7.3 billion more than the expected announcement. Now, that's a difference of $7.3 billion. Yes. Um, That's a lot of spending. Um, And uh, this is for low-income earners. It's those who earn less than uh, $90,000, obviously, um, and those who obviously don't have insurance, depending on their provincial coverage. Um do you think well, let's talk about the branding Doug Singh, I believe has done so far a good job as owning
1: it as an m d p issue. What do you think about that branding attempt it's a It's a very it's a branding attempt that will come to bite him if things go wrong, but at the moment it's helping him, mm-hmm. for example, we've just come off a year of inflation, having him being known as the person in charge of a massive spending bill. Right before inflation peaks, if it does peak again, would be a major issue. Luckily, the Liberals seem to think it's not going to peak again. But we'll have to see how this goes out, because this can be a double-edged sword very quickly if things go wrong.
0: Actually, the Conservative opposition called this
1: an NDP budget. Yes, which is showing they're really betting on push on the narrative that the Liberals have moved to the left.
0: Um, I think in terms of uh, fiscal restraint, this is the lack of it. Let's be honest. Yes. Um, We also have, just to continue off that point, um, $80 billion investments um, investing in clean energy. So it's very similar to this idea of Green New Deal. Um, So it's over 10 years. So per year, it's around $8 billion. uh, Where $20 billion of that is going to go to infrastructure, which I think is a good investment, though I don't know what it's doing in. Uh the category of clean energy really um, and there are tax increases on high income earners, so those are minimum who own uh, uh, who owe um, who make three hundred thousand dollars, so the tax rate is going up for them from fifteen one five to twenty point five percent
1: yes. Is that a significant increase? Yes, it's. Oh, people who make that much money already pay over half their income in taxes when you include both provincial and federal taxes. We're not talking about provinces, yet. True, but you have to include it in basically the uh ID, in their total amount mm-hmm. because people are paying more than one tax uh, more than one tax rates on mm-hmm. their income.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's quite an uh, incline, and I am actually surprised that they didn't already pay twenty percent at the very least. Uh, back in the President Hoover days in the United States, the tax rates
1: on the rich were above seventy percent, seven zero. That that needs to be taken with grain of salt, though, because How it so? was because it wasn't the effective tax rate. That was the the uh, the, the on paper tax rate, but there were deductions for basically. It was rate. right after the economic recovery from the Great Depression. Yes, but there were You major, Would argue otherwise. Well, there were major tax uh, tax cuts, not tax cuts. There were major. What's the word? Deductions on basically everything. So it's even though on paper you were paying 90% taxes, the truth is you were paying maybe 50%. It's still 50% exactly. to 15 Yes, but keep in mind, I was including state and federal taxes together. Okay. So uh, let's go to, um, in terms of branding,
0: um, the deficit. So the projected deficit of this year, 2022 and twenty three, the fiscal year, Is forty-three billion dollars approximately, and next year it's going to go to forty point one, and then by twenty twenty-seven and twenty-eight, it's going to go all the way. Well, I guess downwards to fourteen billion. So one four billion. Yes. Now that's compared to last year's prediction of it going by twenty twenty-eight a four point five billion dollar surplus.
1: There's also That's something quite a difference, isn't it? Yes. There's also something very interesting about these numbers, where the federal government has a uh, a projection on their debt to GDP ratio, and even though they're still projecting deficits, mm. they're projecting high enough growth that debt to GDP will actually decrease over this time. So right now in 20, at the end of 2022, uh, the 2023 numbers haven't come out yet, obviously, but at the end of 2022, the numbers of GDP to uh, a debt GDP ratio was 102 percent. The government's projecting by 2027, debt-to-GDP ratio will be 88%. So they're expecting it to drop by 44% in the next five years. Wow. Yes. Now, whether that will happen, we'll have to see. Okay. Why don't you translate to English? So debt-to-GDP ratio is basically you take the GDP of the country and you compare it to how much debt the country has in total or in aggregate. So, and not to confuse us, per capita. Well, the yes, but uh, this will be per capita to GDP. Right. But I'm looking at just uh, total Overall, GDP. Overall, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, it, basically, right now, Canadian government has about, uh, not Canadian government, the Canadian economy has about 2 point something, a trillion dollar GDP, which is the total production in the economy.
0: And this is also important because the more we have debt, that's... Um, increased the more the interest and debt payments will be even per capita
1: yes this is a big problem after especially now since the government uh, since the bank of canada increased interest rates too. in the last decade interest rates have been very low so the government's been able to borrow at like one to two percent right now they're borrowing at five percent so a big spending bill when interest rates were just raised is questionable economically at best but from what I've been able to tell, we're still below historical averages for interest rates. Historical averages for interest rates in Canada are about 7%. So we're still on the lower end, even though we're getting towards the higher end. Right. If, if rates keep rising, which at the moment, they don't look like they will. Okay. So let's move
0: to healthcare very quickly. So uh, as we announced, we had a significant discussion about healthcare uh, announcements by the Trudeau government uh, uh, during our earlier podcasts. So just a refresher, it's $49.4 billion over 10 years, healthcare funding the provinces. Um, and another $1.9 billion will be spent on a housing strategy, whatever that means. It's written that it's for urban, rural, and
1: indigenous reserves. I really hope that's for production of houses, so basic construction yeah. of houses, and not just giving people money. To build their own. Industry. Yes, because oh. basic supply and demand, if you increase the demand without increasing supply, it's just going to cause housing make the housing crisis worse. Well, it's going to make it tighter, yeah. Yes, whereas they actually build the houses with that money, that will make things better and more affordable. Agreed.
0: Um, and then they're planning to build a, this is the part that really made me laugh, Volkswagen battery plant
1: in St. Thomas, Ontario, but they don't know the amount. The irony of Volkswagen being used for a, for a, for a clean budget is is, is just not be understated. So since they had the emission scandal. Uh, well, uh, going back to the point though,
0: how could you not know how much you're investing in a battery plant? Yes. like
1: what is this early talks? Why are you announcing it in the first place? Yes, it's it's a very complicated thing right now. Also yeah. because uh, Russia was one of the big producers of most of the stuff you need to make batteries. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't produce our. I'm batteries. not saying we shouldn't. Hey. I'm just saying that. It's one of those things where it feels like the government is in a, they know what they want to do because the global uh, supply of these resources are so up in the air right now. They're sort of writing a blank check. Right.
0: Um, And then the other thing I wanted to go to before going to grocery rebates is this, um, well, the latest thing they announced is they're aiming to cut $7 billion of consulting costs, which are travel and consulting fees. So apparently, um, this is an interesting statistic. From 2015, the year that Justin Trudeau became prime minister, the consulting costs for the Canadian federal government was uh, a total of 8.4 billion dollars. This year, it's increased to 21.4 billion dollars, three times more. Wait, in one year? No, no, no. Since 2015, and now the per year, it's 21.4. For one year. What do these consultants do? I have no idea. But, uh, and
1: how can I become one of them?
0: <laughs> well, that and also, um, yes. I'm glad they're cutting $7 billion from that, but what the heck? Yes. <laughs> Who says the Canada doesn't have lobbyists? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not going to say that they're definitely lobbyists, right? It's most likely because of statistics and opinion polling. I'm assuming that's what it's for, because otherwise the federal government is already paid for by taxpayers, yes. by us. So I'm wondering what these consultants actually do other than policy making, policy research, or statistical analysis. And let's talk about finally the grocery rebates via GSTs for each quarter. So each quarter, each Canadian already gets tax credits. Uh, I just want to go through the numbers. So now for a quarter, if you're single or if you're a single parent with one kid, your rebate's going to total $234. If you're a couple with no kids, three hundred and six, and then if you're a couple with two kids, your total rebate per quarter will be four
1: hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Any comments about that? Yes. So before we move on, I just want to I want to explain to people what a GST rebate is, just because a GST rebate is basically a tax credit, basically on the goods and service tax you well, pay. Well, it's money you get from the government. Exactly. It's a yeah, it's basically a month a quarterly payment of just GST, of just your goods and service tax, and it's just there to make it easier on people who are lower income, and it starts phasing out at forty thousand, and I believe phases out fully around sixty thousand. I think the liberals should change the name of this to subsidies. It, it sounds better. This is basically just it a, was a giveaway. Yeah, this is literally just a uh, marketing ploy to call it a grocery tax. It's just an expansion of GST credit, hmm. but which is isn't necessarily bad because it targets low-income people, but it just, the whole thing's a marketing ploy, the name. Okay, so let's talk about the response
0: between Krisha Freeland, Jagmeet Singh, and uh, Pierre Polyev. So Christian uh, Freeland and Justin Trudeau are trying to do their best to kind of shave off the attacks of uh, the lack of fiscal restraint. Uh, Jagmeet Singh's definitely trying to take credit by bragging about how he led this budget. So Pierre Poniev, the conservative opposition leader, he's a very good communicator, especially when he needs sixty second sound bites when he's attacking the Trudeau government with regards to the budget. But him and his finance critic are doing a very good job at being in sync. Same talking point, same message, right? Which is a uh, well coordinated defense, I would say, or yeah. rather offense. Mm-hmm. Um but, but what do you think the bottom line is in terms of how voters will vote when it comes time? To, let's say we had an election next year,
1: and they're basing their vote on spending, the budget. Well, the thing is that right now, all the polls show the conservatives and liberals are basically still tied. Hmm. So right now, it will still be a light um, advantage for the conservatives. Though. Exactly. But because conservative voters tend to be more consolidated in Alberta... A slight lead for conservatives actually means the liberals are and the conservatives are tied. But generally speaking, uh, it would probably be no change. It would still be a liberal minority government at the moment. We'll see how things work in two years and how things turn out. But for now, it looks like the the general populace is still mixed on the, uh, on the liberals. Okay,
0: so I've said many times before that Jagmeet Singh is running out of time. Um, I think... Um, he's busy, he's doing his job as a public servant, I commend him for that, but when it comes to an election, it's not going to be Jagmeet Singh that's going to take the credit for all these achievements, budgetary achievements, um, you know, whether you believe that it's an achievement or not, that's not up for dispute right now, we're just going with that thinking, um, so on clean energy, it's going to be Justin Trudeau and the liberals who are going to say, where are the ones who spent all this money and got it done? Infrastructure, where are the ones who got it done? Dental uh, plan, grocery rebates, the FHSA. They're going to take credit for all that stuff, not Jagmeet Singh. And when it comes time for an election, let's say it's a tight race, which it usually tends to be. Anyways, in Ontario and British Columbia, liberals are just going to attack the NDP voters by saying, uh, why waste your vote when you can vote
1: strategically for the liberals yes. instead of having a conservative government? And there's also one thing we want to add beforehand. The NDP is actually the fourth largest party in Parliament after the Bloc, mm-hmm. and the Bloc has actually come out against the budget as well, with uh, the lead with the uh, Quebec Premier. As the Bloc is the Quebec Party, basically denouncing the uh, health the healthcare subsidies, just wanting the the straight money. They don't want the dental stuff; they just want straight mm-hmm. money for this. So basically, that's going to be non NDP winning Quebec either.
0: Right. Yes. So do you agree with my assessment on how voters
1: will determine their how they vote? Generally, yes. But I think right now, it's it's still the Conservatives and Liberals are the ones fighting for first place. So you agree with my statement that Jagmeet Singh will not be recognized for all these achievements? Yes. I think he needs that to win Quebec. You know, it's not going to happen now. And he doesn't really have any chance of gaining out West right now because it seems like Conservatives are gaining there.
0: All right. So from Canada, now let's move on to the United States, where history has been made for the first time ever. The first American former president has been indicted. Donald J. Trump was indicted on March 31st instead of the anticipated March 21st or even 28th. Okay. And it's a historic moment because literally the, the thing he got indicted for is the hush payment for the Stormy Daniels, pay, uh, you know, uh, yes. bribery attempt. It, it was a tax crime, right? It was also declared as an election expense of hundred and thirty thousand dollars just to shut her up. And uh, for those wondering if this is an April Fool's joke, it's not. Unless it was, unless the indictment finished and announced on April first. Imagine if that happened with a Manhattan Grand Jury, right? That's pretty funny. April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a sealed decision, but we do know it's 30 counts of something. I'm assuming it's most likely fraud. Most likely tax evasion or something like that. Fraud, which is punishable with uh, prison time. Um, and If they can prove it. The district attorney, whose name is Alvin Braggs, he has given Donald J. Trump till Tuesday to surrender. I think that's very nice of him. <laughs> and uh, let's just backtrack a little bit and explain how an indictment works. Okay, so basically there are charges that are investigated uh, by the district attorney's office. And then an indictment comes after a grand jury deliberates after they're pre- uh, presented with evidence And then they deliberate and finally make a unanimous decision.
1: Yes. I think that's a good summary, right? Yes. It's also interesting because Trump himself does not live in New York anymore. He's a Florida resident, Hmm. which means Ron DeSantis would have to extradite him to New York.
0: Well, also, um, he is in New York. That's why they contacted him to surrender. But um, isn't the Trump uh, organization still based in New York City? Possibly, so. but he's yeah. a
1: resident of Florida. He, he mm. voted in Florida last election yeah. because he registers well, resident there and lives in Mar-a-Lago. Here's what legal
0: experts are saying. It's a very unusual circumstance because, number one, there's never any precedent
1: for this Yes, and a former president. And there's also – I've seen interesting things in press. So, for example, the Economist uh, newspaper came out completely against this, saying that there are more concrete ways to get Trump. Rather than a tax evasion,
0: so there's other indictments to come, specifically the Georgia one. Yes, where he tried to extort the Georgia Secretary of State. Yes, by to find eleven thousand more votes. That's the one that the Economist says they should have charged him on. And I think that should have been the first one too, but who yes. knows what's going to happen? There's at least two others by the Justice Department on the federal side. There's a whole bunch coming in.
1: That is if his self-pardon ends up being found unconstitutional. Yeah, so I
0: think he's saving in uh, in his pocket a self-pardon for the Georgia one, right? But uh, anyways, legal experts uh, are are confounded because, number one, of the precedent, lack thereof. Number two, because there's never been a combination with falsifying business records and a violation of state election law. On top of that, being about a presidential election, so all these three elements are combined into this, and uh, it could lead to the case being
1: reduced to a misdemeanor, it was also- or even uh, it being thrown out. Yes, the most the most uh, similar example we have to a case like this was a former vice presidential candidate who was indicted on on uh, similar charges, where and he. Who was- are you referring to? I forget his name john edwards yes john edwards that's him he was he basically hushed up uh, a mistress yeah and a uh and a child and he was found not guilty because the state didn't have enough evidence on the topic so this is being compared a little bit to that um, but, I, I think they're going they've based their precedent on this really yes but uh he was found not guilty on that so we'll have mm. to see how the tax charges work here and the big fear that a lot of people who uh, who are uh, lawyers have is that this might delegitimize the court cases in Georgia, just because he's already if he's already beaten one, and especially if these if he beats these charges like solidly, it might hurt the Georgia's case even though they're not related at all, and that's why I've seen the big fear is Ooh. yes, I'm again I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm just saying that that's the big fear of legal is experts.
0: Well, uh, I, I think even though it's a minor success uh, for Democrats who wanted him indicted, is it really a success in the long term? Um, and I think you're going to see once again the justice system fail to play out. Um, and uh, do you actually believe that this will embolden his base and get him
1: reelected? Yes. It's not only bolstering his base, but it's also bolstering independent in support of him. There's been a couple of polls on this, and the polls on, do you believe that the charges in New York are politically motivated? And something like 80% of Republicans think they are, mm. and 60% of independents think they are. Demo- yeah. Democrats are at like 30%, but the Republicans and them and independents both think this is politically charged, which is a big issue, because for something as big as this, you want it to be publicly neutral. Mm. And I'm not saying they are or aren't uh, politically charged. I'm just saying that there's a perception amongst a lot of people that it is. Well, don't forget during the Watergate scandal, it was the same situation. There was a
0: divide, and then the you know the uh, yeah. investigation concluded, and the findings were shared. Yes. This is much more unique than that. Okay.
1: It's
0: not just one scandal, right? Yes. So, uh, do you think? Um, well, what's really interesting is that. Uh, Possible uh VOP Republican candidates who wanna run or who are running like Nikki Haley are always saying that this is a witch hunt, but I'm pretty sure privately they're
1: like toasting a champagne glass, you know, they're opening a champagne bottle and they're like, Yes <laughs> Except for Ron DeSantis, who's in the very interesting position mm-hmm. of needing to extradite his political opponent in New York, which is gonna be a fun which is gonna be a funny thing for him to try and justify. I think he's going to do it because it gets rid of Donald Trump off the map. It does, but it's one of those things where if, the Repub- if Republicans think it's a witch hunt mm. and he's participating in it, then yeah. it hurts his chances to run for well, president. Well, just
0: deny by saying, hey, it was my secretary or whoever his justice department uh, was led by. If that works. It, mm. It's a very awkward position for him. Right. Well, he can also re- 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 resort to uh, the Georgia and the Stormy Daniels case. You could just say that. He still got indicted
1: without me doing anything. Yes, but he would still be the one to arrest him.
0: Yeah, well, I think a lot of Republicans will end up liking that, actually, about him. Again, I personally don't think Ron DeSantis will get as far as people predict. I think that it will only embolden his base for a temporary time. Keep in mind, his rallies, Donald Trump's rallies, the one he had in Waco, Texas, recently, there was barely anybody there. So he's lost esteem. And even he himself, you feel like he's bored giving his speeches. He's not, he doesn't have the same energy as he used to. So I guess instead of
1: Jeb Bush being called, he could be called low energy Donald. Honestly, my opinion is still that he won't, be, uh, he won't spend a single day in jail because he'll keep appealing and appealing this case or in all of these cases until he eventually dies of old age. Because he he is, like, late 70s. Um, Well, he could also have house arrest. True. But I don't think he's going to spend a single day in jail. I don't
0: think they're going to put him with other people. He's a former president. Yes. He'll probably be in in solitary
1: confinement or house arrest. So, assuming it goes up. But keep in mind, for tax crimes, you can apply for bail. And that's probably what's going to happen, like, right away.
0: Well, interestingly enough, everyone who collaborated with him or worked for him has gone to jail. And gotten, some of them have gotten out of jail. Why? Because they cooperated with the Justice Department. Yes. But the, the Justice Department or the officials no longer need any cooperation. So Donald Trump can't reduce his
1: sentence because they already have everything they need on him. Which means he's going to plead not guilty, which gives him the right to appeal 20 times all the way to the Supreme Court because this probably could go to the Supreme Court. It's such I a think big it precedent. Could, yeah. And uh, it's, it's going to be a very interesting situation because. Technically, criminal trials can go to the Supreme Court. They just don't go very often to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court has so many more important things to do. Well, also, he
0: can't, if he's in quotations uh, under house arrest or, let's say, in jail, he can't uh, be present for the debate stage. Well, and he'll lose momentum,
1: I think. I think what's more likely is that he's on bail. And that he can go wherever he wants. Because in, in America, you can run for president while being a prisoner or being or indicted being or anything yeah, yeah.
0: like that. Even being in jail, like uh, Greg Gianforte yes. in Montana,
1: uh, the congressman who punched a journalist in the face. Although it's funny because you can't vote if you're in jail in the United States. No, you can no, but you can,
0: I, I'm pretty sure he will not be allowed to be on TV either.
1: I, I don't see them... Unless like, you do the debates like virtually. Like, but I don't see that being... I think that would be a questionable thing because I don't think there's any precedent of... Well, there never is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a historic moment, as I said. Yes, but taking away rights like that for like TV privileges from people who are on trial isn't something that usually happens. They'll take away his passport for sure. Like... No, no, he's not on trial. He's convicted.
0: The charges are dropped. That's why he's being indicted, arrested. Now, for the Stormy Daniels, but keep in mind... People who are in
1: jail lose their right to vote. Yes, but he can still run. But it's it's also going to be a trial because they're not going to just randomly arrest him and just put him in jail, in prison for like 20 years. There needs to be a trial here. And for tax crimes, you're always allowed bail unless you're like a flight risk, which Trump might be. But I think they're just going to take away his passport. I think he had his opportunity to escape to Switzerland by now. Yes. I think at this point, he's proved he's not flight uh, flight risk because hasn't even left America since the end of… Uh... That we know of. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he took a trip to the Bahamas or something like that, but that's be all it is. Right. Uh, so his Republican
0: contenders uh, are super giddy in private, but for some reason, they're afraid to
1: publicly state that, oh yeah, he deserves it. To be fair, the, the idea that Trump's being persecuted also helps the Republicans in general. Because it does make the Democrats look right. at least in a base. I know, but keep in mind,
0: independents are the biggest base.
1: Over forty percent of Americans yes, are and independents, and like I said before, uh, independents also see this politically motivated, which yeah. helps Republicans in the twenty twenty. Is this
0: going to be the main issue independents vote on? I doubt it.
1: No, it's going right. to be economics, cost of living, as it always is. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, with regards to um, GOP contenders increasing or possible people running. Uh, against Donald Trump for the Republican nomination of 2024, we had, on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, literally yesterday's uh, episode, an accidental announcement of a new candidate rising. Here he is in this clip.
1: It's not. you to be normal. You're but, running for president. I'm, I'm going to wait to see what percentage of the potential candidates get indicted. And if it's <laughs> o- if it's over... <laughs> If it's over 25%, then we'll see. And we're halfway there, so you never
0: know. Honestly, I've never seen anybody who looks more like they're chomping at the bit
1: to run. I don't know. Look, I'm not chomping. I love my job. I love being governor. And my, my job right now is also, I want to remind people, the Republican Party has an awesome product, but man, are we bad at messaging. We have the worst messengers and the worst message. But when we get to the core of what we're about is well, individual comes first, individual liberties, low taxes, no sales or income or interest well, and what, dividends what, what, tax, what? so you should all rethink your life choices. It's and not the messaging. What you uh, have... Yeah. What you no, know, it's a ha- horrible message. What you have is a loathsome person at the head of the party who people like you will not turn against. Okay, so that was Governor Sununu, Sununu. which every time I hear his name, it reminds me of the Futurama, uh Snoo Snoo joke. Governor, snoo-snoo. <laughs> okay. So he
0: accidentally announced he's running, even though, let's be honest, we knew he was running, uh, which is why he's doing Bill Maher's show. Uh, as many conservatives watch it too, by the way, because there's a certain appeal to Bill Maher. Uh, he's brutally honest. And as we've talked in the past, he's he's got some haters on both sides of the political aisle, actually. Um, so a little bit about him. He's the four-time governor of New Hampshire. New Hampshire, which... He's speaking about uh, Governor
1: uh, Sununu. by the way, not Bill Maher.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so um, Sununu was uh, re-elected like three more times. So four-time governor of New Hampshire. And um, ever since the last election, New Hampshire became a people state, even though Governor Sununu says it's been actually a much more red state. Um, and by profession, he's an engineer, which is an interesting professional background to have if you're running for president, because you do need to solve problems differently. Um, and um, what's interesting about New Hampshire, just like the state of Arkansas, they only have gubernatorial, so governor, two-year mandates. So you got
1: to run every two years like congressman. Wait, does that mean Bill Clinton also ran every two years? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even so he, that. So Bill Clinton was only um, – so he lost after his first mandate, and then he got reelected. I think, about six or eight years later. Wow. Obviously, because uh, Hillary Clinton was attacked a lot yeah. for saying – because she was a successful lawyer. And then she had to do a media blitz when Bill Clinton was running a second time in Arkansas. I think it was in 1982. Yeah, she had to back down a lot of her uh, statements. And she had to do a media blitz of her shopping in a grocery store. There's a lot of photo ops on that. I can't believe that was in 1982, right? 1992. no, in, in 1992 he ran for president. yeah after that. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. yeah. So um, what's really interesting about Republicans, even Governor Sununu is, as we mentioned in the previous segment, they would still vote for Donald Trump and even endorse him if he's the Republican nominee, even though uh, Chris Sununu says he's not he doesn't think he's going to be the nominee. Donald Trump. That is. What are your thoughts about messaging of the other candidates? Do you think they're offering, they're failing to offer unique selling point if they're just talking about,
1: hey, we're gonna still support him. Well, uh, Governor Snoosnoo, which I'm gonna keep saying, is a very, a very moderate Republican. If I'm not mistaken, hmm. he's um, he's like the front of Mitt Romney wing of the party where he has a, he has more of a. Uh, uh, Agreements with left wing people, like not like uh, Bernie Sanders, but like traditional Democrats, and he would be more of a bipartisan style president if he was elected. Mm. Now, whether this style of a politician could still win a primary is is to be uh, to be continued. Mm. We're going to be uh, we're going to see because uh, Mitt Romney probably would not be the uh, candidate. Day you know, when he won when he lost the election twenty twelve, it sort of gave the Republicans this idea that. They can't win with a moderate, and that's sort sure of where Trump came in.
0: Well, let's go back to 2012, actually. Mitt Romney, it depends on the primaries which states you're talking about. Mitt Romney did win New Hampshire. Yes, He lost Iowa by a very close margin, by the way. He came in second place because they had the machine fiasco, just like the Democrats in 2020. And then um, he was defeated in South Carolina by Newt Gingrich, and then he went real hard against Newt Gingrich during the debates which got him to win and uh, win a Super Tuesday wipeout, including Florida. Florida was the big win for Mitt Romney. Whether or not a moderate can win in nowadays a Republican primary, that's an interesting question because someone like Chris Christie, whom I think is running again, I don't believe him for a second if he does. He says he does, it's yeah. not. But um, I do think it depends on persona. And this I think... As a candidate, if you're just saying I'm gonna support Donald Trump regardless,
1: you're literally admitting that you have you're not the better candidate. I disagree with that. I think it's partly also that a party the inherent nature of a party means you need to sort of get in line at times. Like a primary is it's just like an internal civil war, but at the end of it you have well, to Well why don't you just say that? I'll be for whoever's the nominee. Yes, that would be a better thing for him to say. I think yeah. that was more what he meant, but he, he was really bad expressing it. Right. Where the point of a party is that you do support your party. You, if you believe you'll be a better choice, you do run, and you put that out there. But at the end of the day, the party has to come together. It's why in 2016- uh, yeah, Party Biden, loyalty was an issue. Yes, party loyalty was an issue for the Democrats. Where Bernie, he did eventually come in support Hillary- Three and a half months later, though. Yes, but he really felt like he was really gritting his teeth the entire time. Yeah,
0: he did it on purpose, though, because he wanted to have a negotiating position with Hillary. Yes. Yeah, Even funny. though Hillary Clinton, when she lost the oh 0- oh seven oh eight primaries to Barack Obama, she, you know how many days she took to endorse him? How many? Four. Wow. She should have done it two. <laughs> no, that three and a half. Like that gives enough ammunition for the Republicans to reap and steal your voters. Yeah. And that's
1: exactly what happened. Sanders it was, voters. It was the Bernie or, went, move, or bus movement. That's right. Uh, voted for Trump. Well, I don't even think they voted for Trump. I think they stayed home. I Majority did, according to the polls. And I think that's what Governor Snoo is trying to avoid, where he's trying. Sorry. You smile every time I say Snoo Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I would use to call him. Um, it's going to be I think Donald Trump is going to find a better nickname than that. I don't think Trump's ever watched Futurama. I think that's the issue. Where Trump might be smarter if he did. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what would
0: be the unique selling point of these Republican candidates like Nikki Haley, uh, Chris
1: Christie, Governor Sununu, um, who are running against Donald Trump? They would be the moderate choice. So, if there's still moderate base... Even Ron DeSantis would be one. No, no, not Ron DeSantis. Yes. It would be Governor Sununu. Stu. Nikki Haley would still She's be more, not moderate. She would be moderate, but she would be less, more moderate than Trump. So she would be the middle. So like, think of like Governor Snussoe is the moderate. Trump is the extreme. Uh, Ron DeSantis is basically the same, the same business as Trump, but without the scandals. Well, he says scandals, but different scandals. And then you have Nikki Haley, which is the compromise candidate in that, in that middle. So it depends what the base of the Republicans want. So there's about 30% of Republicans who are evangelical. And they're the ones who normally vote for, uh for their Texas uh, Senator uh, Ted Cruz and we'll see if he runs because if he doesn't run then even will have to make a decision on who they want to support they might support the moderate as they often do especially if he's a christian but we'll have to see
0: okay well i've said it in the past and i'm going to say it again by 2048 i am predicting that by that date there will be an american first female president Finally. Wait, 2048? And she, and she will be a Republican president. Here's why I say that. It's called math, right? By 2048, it would be the, the max, right? And here's my reasoning for that. Um, historically, uh, women leaders who have been historic firsts for a country have been more conservative. Right. So, if you look at Margaret Thatcher, Kim Campbell in Canada, uh, Angela, Mark, uh, Angela Merkel. That's right. That's actually Angela. Angela. Yeah, yeah. She she hates that, by the way. Uh, that's the rumor. So here's what I base it off of: assuming Democrats win again, there will be a Republican takeover in 2028 and 2032. Democrats take 2036 and. Th- uh, 2040, and then 40, uh, 2044 and 48 will be up for grabs. And by 48, you should have a Republican woman as president. I'm also not... But gonna, it's not
1: going to be Nikki Haley, by the way. Yes. I'm also not convinced 100% that Biden's going to win re-election yet. I think it's a big possibility. But if the Republicans get their, like, their house in order and get a moderate out there, I think that would be a big issue for, for Biden. Because all the polls show That people in America, like the voters, do not like Biden. They just hate the Republicans more. So, and this was an issue in the primaries Mm -hmm. where all the polls had Biden's unfavorabilities at like he was at like seventy percent unfavorability, but then the Republicans unfavorability was higher than that.
0: Well, the unfavorability is lower for Biden. I think it's in the uh, high
1: fifties. It's gone. It's gone up since the election, but in summer of twenty twenty two. It fell to like thirty five percent, uh, favorable. Grew at one point, but now
0: it's back up, and his approval rating is back up in the mid forties. Yes. But keep in mind, there's a year to until the election. There's more yes. than a year, and anything can happen. Yes. I think Biden's doing a much better job at economic recovery, if I'm being honest, and creating job growth. Frankly, the the Americans are doing it at a much faster pace than the Canadians are. Right. I give Biden a 65% chance of winning, but that still gives Republicans a 35%. He, he's definitely running uh, for the Democratic nomination, though. So maybe that's a given uh, ever since he came and made his, uh, as you call it, re-election speech to the Canadian Parliament. Yes. But here's the interesting thing that Governor Sununu said. Um, a lot of people in, in the, during the 2016 primaries on the Republican side did not know how to debate Donald Trump, who was a high school bully, let's be honest. Um and people thought you could debate him on policy. I agree with him on that. You shouldn't debate him on policy. He knows nothing. Literally during the last presidential debate against Biden, instead of uh, like he segued from climate change to talking about how uh, we need to have less windows on buildings. I'm, I'm I'm like listening to this guy talk. I'm like wow,
1: what a pivot! <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I gonna make that up? His entire career has been based on his charisma, and to be honest, Trump is a very charismatic person. That's sort of been hurt a little bit with the media attention and the cherry-picking things, but back in 2016, he was using his charisma to his fullest, and that really is what pushed him to win.
0: So who do you think is the best candidate for Republicans right now, sort of all the choices? Do you think Governor Sununu has it?
1: Honestly, if, if he decides to run and he can win the primaries, I think the best option for Republicans at the moment would be uh, Mitt Romney.
0: Okay, he- here's my
1: estimation.
0: Um, the big question is the first four states for the primaries. So keep in mind, Republicans are keeping the same traditional wins. Iowa's first, then it's New Hampshire, then it's uh, South Carolina and Nevada together. These are the four states that matter to have of uh, propelling momentum going towards Super Tuesday, Yes, which is a Tuesday election with 10 states voting or more. Okay, So Iowa is a big question mark right now. It could be, keep in mind, Trump did not win it last time. It was actually Ted Cruz. Although he won in, in the general election That's by a right. massive amount. By a single digit, though. I think it was like 8 or 9%. The re-election was different, yes. yeah. But um, then in New Hampshire, Trump won it. And ever since then, Trump won every other state. Um, but keep in mind, now it's going to be different. So, Iowa is a big question mark for me. So let's just put that on on pause for now. New Hampshire with Chris Sununu running, I think New Hampshire is going to be won by him. So the biggest disadvantage that Chris Sununu would have is the fact that New Hampshire is a second primary. Yes. Okay. Uh, on the Republican side, and if he loses that one. He'll be dealing with such dishonor because he yes. could lose to Donald Trump. Yes. And then going to South Carolina, it's definitely going to be won by Nikki Haley. It's her home state. If she
1: loses that, like Elizabeth Warren lost Massachusetts in 2020, it'll be a big disgrace. Before you continue, I just want sure. to say one thing. I realize we forgot one person who might win. The person who would have won, in my opinion, last time, if not for Trump, Marco Rubio. Who would have won the uh, nomination. I don't Republican. think he's going to run this time. That's, that's, that's the big wild card. He's going to run in 2028. Yes. Because Marco Rubio, in my opinion, would have became the Republican nominee in 2016 if not for Trump. Not enough to beat uh, Biden, though. Well, against Clinton at the time. Right. Sorry. Yes. Oh, definitely he would lose. It. That's why I'm thinking because that would have been – he would have been – because he's Hispanic. So yeah. he would have had a big no, chance in a lot of – Hispanics talent. don't vote just because
0: they're Hispanic. That's a thing that the the Democrats don't seem to understand. A lot of Hispanics have turned to the Republican side. But let's go back to 2016. It was when there was a lot of Democratic support amongst uh, Latino voters. Uh, Marco Rubio would not have been able to garner those votes because he bailed on his own immigration reform bill three times. I'm not mistaken.
1: But I don't, At least twice. But I don't think immigration is actually as big as an issue for Hispanics as people like to pretend. I disagree, dude. I disagree. Like on all, every, they want their friends and family to come I, to the States. But they do it legally because people who vote came legally and they want their family to come here legally. On, uh, legally. Yes. So so something that shows up in every poll is that border security mm-hmm. is a major major, uh, a major issue for all Hispanics. It's like the third largest issue for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, border secure. It's why Trump won a record Hispanic vote at the time. Right. So, uh,
0: let's put Marco Rubio aside. Who do you think is the best candidate to beat Donald Trump during the primaries?
1: I'm still betting on Ron DeSantis winning primaries. Okay. So, it's not Chris Cinerna. It's basically your verdict. I think Ron DeSantis just has too much momentum going. I'm going to be honest. A Momentum can, that can fade, yes, it from, can like, until the end of this year. Again, we're still a year and a half away from the yeah. actual, not actual uh, primary, actually, um, a year Oh, a year, but st- February, but still, I think it's so. F- it, at the moment, Ron DeSantis is looking like a winner, but so much can change in that time. Actually, Donald Trump is looking like the winner. I, I'm this, I still disagree. I've disagreed with that from the beginning, and I still disagree. I think yeah. Donald Trump, this, the uh, the uh, enlightenment helps him, I still think. The party wants a change because they need to agree on someone else. And Ron DeSantis could be the agreement between the Trump Republicans and the more moderates.
0: And also the Koch brothers really are an intent. Uh, in- Koch brother.
1: There's only one left.
0: All right. So um, the Koch family is very intent on backing the best person against Donald Trump to be the nominee financially. And
1: so was Rupert Murdoch, by the way. And let's not forget the uh, Lincoln project, which was a yep. Republican yep. Uh, Republican think tank. that Started Demo- by Rick Walsey. That was just anti-Trump. But the Democrats poured money into it, thinking that it was a Democrat, even though it, it's still Republican. And the last note I'll add on the matter is that Chris Christie stated
0: this week that You need a Republican who's going to destroy Trump on the debate stage like I did to Marco Rubio. Yeah, but you also did it in a way where you didn't get any support. You lost your momentum. Same thing happened in 2020 at the Las Vegas debate when Elizabeth Warren destroyed the shit out of Michael Bloomberg. It didn't help her at all because she was literally vying for vice presidency. Yeah. To be Bernie Sanders vice president's role pick, really. So I don't know if that's a tactic you need, but definitely on the debate stage, it should not be debating Trump on policy because he's not interested in doing that. And neither is the media, let's
1: be honest. Also, I think at this point, the Democrats are sort of over Massachusetts uh, uh, professors because every time they've run one, they've lost with them. They've run three different ones and they've all lost badly. That's
0: it for this week. As always, I'm Eddie. And I'm Matthew. Until next time, and don't forget to leave us your ratings after you watch this uh, podcast. And we're also starting, if you're listening to us on Spotify, to do poll questions to find out what you actually think about a subject we're discussing or going to discuss. Till next time.